last uh, time when I came uh, over here just to uh, have a little chat with you. Uh, we uh, somehow approached me and she said, uh, well, you know what, uh, why don't you talk about friendship? Hmm. And I thought, uh, oh, what a great idea. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, so uh, it's kind of almost like a, it's like almost, uh, my thought, uh, we're just like a night sky watching so many stars, you know, each stars being a memory of friendship, past and present that I've had, and some, I suppose, brighter than others. <laughs> yeah, uh, nevertheless, uh, altogether uh, making it quite a beautiful sky. And uh, when I reflect upon, really, uh, my own human experience for the last 60 years, uh, the thing that I valued, really, the most, the most kind of a really poignant experience that I've had is uh, the one with friendships, you know, uh, meeting people and uh, developing all type of friendships. <coughs> the first friendship I really kind of uh, had was uh, one with a fellow. His name was Jean-Michel. I was living in the uh, south of France. And we both had one thing in common. We were revolting against our father. <laughs> <laughs> His father wanted him to go to, uh, with the monks, you know, to get a Catholic uh, education. And my father was coming from uh, a fairly poor farmer family background and, uh, and worked really hard in order to get out of it. And so he projected this on me quite a bit. I, myself, had no ambition whatsoever. Uh, my dream job was to be a street sweeper uh, <laughs> for watching them in the morning, in the fall, sweeping the leaves you know, on the street, making piles and lighting them fire, which made basically the street uh, uh, big, uh, you know, uh, smoky with like almost an instant flavor, you know, of the smokes of the, day, of the leaves. It was quite under the beautiful morning sun, orange sun. To me, I thought, those guys, they got it made. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is definitely what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> so, of course, this kind of things didn't go very well with my father. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, though, uh, the place where I lived was on the edge of the uh, city. And uh, if you're familiar of uh, this kind of landscape, uh, Provence is quite, quite beautiful. It's made of hills. And uh, where I was, too, also, there was a beautiful mountain, which is still there. Uh, the Seine Victoire, which uh, somehow I think you all know it, because if you know about uh, the painting of Cézanne, uh, basically he painted repeatedly this mountain. And he was actually from there and Zola as well. And so actually Zola and him had a very strong friendship because they actually were born, you know, in Aix-en-Provence. And uh, not so far, not so long ago, I actually came up with a little booklet of uh, them, uh, their use in Aix-en-Provence. And my friend and I, I realized that my friend and I 
had a very similar kind of a both relationship and also we were taking the same path in the woods as the way he described it. It was quite touch. Mm. So when Weber, him and I, my friend and I had kind of a free time, this always, that was our path. We would really go into the countryside and basically to seek, you know, adventure through, you know, uh, old paths, new paths, you know, w uh, walking, you know, by the edge of the river and uh, trying new things anyway. It was fantastic. I would always, like, uh, I really, uh, it is through him that I had this, uh, my first connection really with nature. And <clears throat> we have such a strong desire to escape our discomfort to have someone with you, you know, to bear that discomfort and yet at the same time trying to, open, uh, trying to create a new world or discover a new world. And nature definitely provided us quite a bit of a, a high level of enchantment, you know, and release as well. And uh, we would really, uh, uh, you know, it was just wonderful. Then uh, suddenly we, my father was in the military, so we moved a few times, which mean overnight your friendship were kind of uh, gone. You had to kind of uh, move on and uh, create new friendship. And uh, <clears throat> I moved to Paris. And that was becoming a very different world. There was no country, really, to Canada, go and find relief, you know, <laughs> in some ways. So it, became, it, it was a new world and new friends, you know, new language. And also, I was getting older. You discover cigarettes. You discover, <laughs> you know, having a few drinks, you know, and everything else. The city and everything else, you kind of are opening up to your generation in some ways, you go along with everybody else, you know. And that was fun. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. And uh, <clears throat> then uh, I had to go to the army. And because in France, you know, you had to go and uh, do your service, you know, in those days anyway. So I went there for about a year. Maybe some of you, I'm sure some of you had already. But you discover there, a very different type of friendship. What was really interesting is that we were, you would end up in a room sleeping with about like uh, 30 other people, which were all coming from different backgrounds and uh, coming with their own little kind of uh, ideas of the world and bias. And some of them, you know, were kind of uh, really farmers, you know, they never left the farm. Some of them were just like, uh, you know, uh, a student, you know, there was all kinds of things. We were all pretty much from different uh, lands within France, different landscape, but also a different point of view to also as well. And of course, uh, kind of a, <laughs> the army kind of a really <laughs> make somehow tries very hard to make you, you know, one thing only. Actually, for a short story, uh, the first day when I was in the army, uh, we were all like, some of us, like, you know, wearing different clothes, different haircut, you know, different bags and everything else. And I remember there was about 200 of us, and we were, uh, 200, 200 of us, in front of a building. And uh, out of the building came out this guy, and uh, he goes, okay, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go through that door, 
and we're going to give you a bag, we're going to shave your head, and we're going to give you a, a uniform, we're going to have a medical uh, you know, examination, and then after that, when you finish, you all come out of that door, and we all meet again here, you know? <laughs> and surely enough, he talked like about a good half a day to go through, you know, all of this. And then we ended up on front of the building again. And this time, we were all wearing the same uniform, you know? We all had the same bags and everything else. And then uh, these guys came out and said, Galoo! <laughs> and I have to tell you this much. We all just snapped. We went like this, RUCH! <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> we were all conditioned already, you know. And uh, anyway, it was, you know, it was just like if only we, we were made for it in some ways. It was kind of a really disturbing. Uh, anyway, uh, but I remember building some wonderful friendship, you know, uh, in it. I ended up uh, doing my army actually in Africa. And um, I remember one day uh, we were inside a hut and uh, there was like this hut, uh, straw, uh, a straw hut, and there was one fridge in that hut and a few uh, chairs. So, of course, it was like uh, basically a, a, a drinking kind of a place, you know. So we each one had a beer and everything else. And the conversation was kind of wild and, you know, uh, very, yeah, quite wild, uh, wild. And one day these guys came in and uh, somehow stayed there, pick up a beer and listen to the conversation and uh, like this. And then after he talked, you know, he began to speak and say, you know, you guys, you know, this and that, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, that kind of thing. So it was just like this, uh, come on, wake up, you know, uh, do something with yourself, type of thing, pa -la -la -pa -la -la. And uh, I, was, uh, I was in admiration for these guys because here he was like pulling everybody out of their mold, you know, and himself was really kind of a, you know, uh, basically not going along with the program, you know, type of thing. And I found that uh, that was pretty gutsy, you know, and I remember he left and I followed him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when I catch up with him, I say, hey, what's your name? You know, Philip. <laughs> and I say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Jack. You know, and we became ever since a uh, best friend. And actually, mm -hmm. I'm uh, his daughter, godfather. And uh, he's a wonderful uh, friend. It's uh, really. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so through all of our life, you know, we meet so many different we make friends with so many different people, you know. But then came the day when I started meditation, you know, and I met Sunil, my teacher. And um, I remember we had once, a few years back, a celebration on the life of Sunim and his work in North America. And um, uh, Sukha, at the time, she was Sukha, uh, just stood up and say, basically starting a conversation as to describe uh, Sunim. She was saying, Sunim is my best friend, mm. you know. And, and I remember that really kind of a stick with me. I was quite uh, uh, moved by such a statement because Sunim, you know, was our teacher, is our teacher. And uh, just to uh, Seem as a friend was also, of course, uh, something, but best friend. Mm. You know? 
And uh, I realized that even though I don't see him as, oft as often as I probably would like, <laughs> he's in New York and I really, I haven't really, uh, I took a certain distance from the temple, so in a way that um, would need me to do other things some other places. And uh, even though I talked to him not too long ago, but um, I realized even to this day, uh, Sam Hussein is and has become also my very best friend. And the very reason, uh, because it's kind of a, the reason is because often in our own life, we uh, really, in our own imaginary sand, we draw a line as to describe our limitation. And uh, him being the teacher that he is, you know, uh, somehow uh, is able to take you beyond uh, those limitations. And uh, in the Dharma friendship that we have with people, you know, in the temple, in our practice, you know. Uh, anyway, this was kind of a really something that really, uh, really uh, stood up for me. I did a summer retreat in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, back in uh, 1987. And it was a three-month retreat. And uh, I was really kind of a... <clears throat> It was really, uh, what do I call it, it was a shock. You know, when you came in, Sunim said, you know, you should really go for that three-month retreat. So I went to Ann Arbor, and, uh, and I remember from the very first day, we had like a lunch, and I was sitting with five other people outside on the balcony, looking at the wall, and uh, eating my lunch. And I thought, oh my gosh, I feel so <laughs> trapped right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really don't know what's going on in here. And uh, I was really fighting the, in a way the first few days of retreat, you know, because you're on the retreat, you know, you got to get into the spirit of the retreat, which is like you follow a very kind of a, a tight schedule, you know, like a, you wake up, like, a, I mean, I had to wake up at 4.30 in order to prepare the altar and everything else and chanting, you know, uh, Great Compassion Dharani, waking up everybody. And we would do like, you know, sitting and a lot of practice, you know, and walking practice and everything like that in science, you know. And I remember it took, took me a while just to kind of really uh, adapt and jump in, you know, type of thing. But uh, other people were with me as well and also uh, were feeling the same kind of a resistance. We all kind of really come in. And uh, <clears throat> it is like, uh, it's described sometimes just like uh, peeling potatoes in those machines. And we had some. Uh, back uh, home in France, when I was doing my cooking school, they are like a big uh, machine that uh, turns, you know, and you put a bag of potato, and the potato peels themselves by rubbing against each other, you know, mm -hmm. and so they all they all end up, you know, basically peeled all at the same time by just mm -hmm. basically rubbing against each other, and that's described very much the spirit of that retreat, you know, mm -hmm. we were really a bunch of potatoes, you know, rubbing against each other at the same, you know, and uh, and. But because we were together and we had uh, the same kind of a, uh, uh, the same, uh, in a way, um, uh, seeking in some way the same, the same, you know. So uh, we really kind of remained really uh, close to each other. And by doing that, of course, that rubbing happens and, you know, and it became quite a, a, quite a wonderful experience. And I really uh, felt the first time that kind of a, a Dharma friendship. Dharma friendship being quite different, I must say, than any other friendship, you know. And uh, especially uh, in, 
in the place of practice, you know, and uh, like a retreat. You know, like I remember after three months, you know, even though we, do, we I mean, I'm a big talker usually, you know, I love to tell stories and everything else. So, so and uh, you know, in a retreat, people don't want, to, they don't like talkers, you know, they just like to <laughs> shut up. You know, <laughs> so, but uh, uh, everybody was really uh, kind, you know, as to really. Uh, I wouldn't say silent me, but just bringing me back, you know, to uh, to to the right direction, you know, of the practice. You know. So um, anyway, so that uh, that was definitely uh, quite uh, uh, quite wonderful and for like three months. So it's really intense. During those three months, there's a transformation that takes place. So you have, in some ways, and I had leave my world, leave my friends leave really everything behind in order to commit myself to those three months. And uh, of course there was a really a deep transformation that took place during that period. But then I had to meet again my old friend, you know, and I could see myself like uh, going back, you know, I mean my old friend, which uh, they're wonderful, believe me. But uh, uh, I felt transformed, you know, it was like, you know, your values and everything else. You know, your approach of life, and uh, it was um, it was like really uh, a different things. So I really had to tiptoe back, you know. And uh, sometimes you, you want to. I wanted to share definitely my own experience, you know. But uh, without the point of references, people don't really understand, you know, what you have been going through, all that kind of things. So you're very eager to share, yet at the same time, you don't really have. Uh, the word, you know, it cannot be really truly uh, explained, you know. It is such, so related with the experience, you know. And uh, so, so that uh, definitely, uh, that was one thing. Anyway, uh, I had in mind other things, but uh, uh, it's, uh, I guess, to me, when I talk about friendship, and about Dharma friendship, it's about uh, really the important part is knowing really the French, learning to recognize the friendship that really takes us, you know, beyond our limitation as well. So we can experience in our life uh, growth and finding, you know, friends who can actually uh, be next to you, you know, and, uh, and also uh, help you, you know, to uh, basically. Uh, progress in, in your own practice. And sometimes you don't always find those, uh, so you might end up also alone. You know? And um, it happens to me sometimes, and uh, it's so you make basically solitude uh, your own friend. And in it, it becomes a place where you can actually find also uh, your own friend within yourself. You know? And because this is really where it starts. Uh, the most important friendship that we can develop is the one uh, we have within ourselves. Yeah. And um, I have to, uh, I could share something with you, for example, like uh, you might actually uh, <laughs> roll your eyes, but uh, one of my best friends is actually uh, the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to explain that. Uh, you know, I, in the culture I came from, you know, like uh, you started to smoke at the age of 14, you know. And so by the age of 16, everybody was like, uh, of my age, was actually smoking a pack of cigarettes, you know. 
By the, by, by the age of 27, I was like, pretty much smoking over 35 cigarettes a day. That's a lot, you know. And then to the point where I never thought, ever, that I would stop smoking. Never. I just like, I just totally surrendered to that. But I met meditation. And, uh, but also kind of a really, uh, the Buddhist wisdom, <laughs> you know. And what I mean by that is that uh, uh, I decided one day, I said, okay, tell you what, because, you know, it was always a struggle, it was always a struggle between being a smoker or a non-smoker, you know. So people, when they want to quit, they want to become a non-smoker. And I say to myself, no, we're not going to do it this way. So uh, I told myself, I say, uh, Jacques, you will always be a smoker. How about that? But from now on, what we're going to do is that for every cigarette that you smoke, I want you to stop, sit down, smoke that cigarette and enjoy it, but do nothing else than that. Overnight, bang, I quit my smoking by half without missing it, because I knew that I developed a kind of a dialogue with myself. I say, look, you know, you can always smoke anytime you want. You know, no problem, no one will ever take you that uh, away. You know. So I learned to develop a dialogue. You know, like a good friend. You know. And then uh, suddenly, uh, so I do that for, for a while, and it works, you know, and, uh, you know, the only discipline I had was to stop and enjoy it, instead of being mindless while I smoked, you know. Then, after this, you know, I noticed that actually, uh, you know, my desire for cigarettes was less. So, I talked to him again, and I said, we, I reviewed my method, and I mm -hmm. said, look, how about, you know, what is the cigarette you like the most? Oh, wow, wow. First thing in the morning, the one in the coffee, you know, one at break time, after lunch and after dinner, you know, that kind of thing. Both, seven cigarettes a day, you know. You can always have them. No problem. <laughs> no problem. No one will take it away from you. <laughs> I say, okay, let's do that, you know. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, I go on like this, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, that was like really awesome. And, uh, and I really enjoyed them. Same thing, I would sit down for each one of them and I really enjoyed them, you know. And then uh, finally, I, you know, I said, okay. And then uh, finally, you know, I was down to three cigarettes, you know. Like after a, a giving time, like about, it took me, I had to, you know, it's not something that I opened overnight, you know. But I just like, you know, like that. And now to this day, I keep telling myself, I say, no problem. Whenever you want a cigarette, you can have it. The truth of the matter, I haven't had for actually quite a long time. I'm talking about years, you know. Mm. What's interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, uh, for me, it was this kind of a really... Uh, I discovered when I think about friendship, is that I had developed friendship with it, rather than just, you know, uh, uh, bringing a dualistic approach you know, to it. So stopping to worrying about it and just basically uh, finding a very clear direction, you know, non-conflict, you know, and just accept it and just move along with it that very direction. Well, interesting, uh, another thing that we also that of course changed the here. But what really fascinated me in that process is that change did happen despite myself. It's something that happened despite me. That's something that came, it just basically came naturally, that change. So, if I apply that to, uh, 
all the things that I may want to change in my life, you know, all that kind of things. I have to say, that cigarette taught me a lot, you know, how to approach certain, you know, situation of conflict or that kind of thing, you know. And to recognize my own condition, like, like the cigarette was, I was conditioned, really. My father was smoking, you know, everybody in my family was smoking. So for me, you know, I was like, a, you know, it's part of the conditioning, you know. So, but how to kind of really recognize your own conditioning and how to kind of, you know, apply uh, the teachings, you know, through mindfulness. Mindfulness meaning uh, simplifying it in order to gain clarity, you know. And that clarity allows you to see clearly what's going on, you know. And then, basically, uh, uh, acting toward it, providing really a spiritual strength, developing a spiritual strength. So, we have a, a voice, uh, which is a very friendly one, within ourselves, each one of us, that we can develop, you know, that we can develop. And uh, using wisdom, our own wisdom available at, of course, at each and every moment of our, of our life. So, uh, for that, of course, it's very important to kind of show up, you know, to, to your life and be able to really engage, you know, uh, with it in the friendly way and uh, basically discover, really, uh, <laughs> the best friend within yourself, you know. So, who is your best friend, you know? and. Uh, if you haven't it yet, well, uh, keep the door open, you know, and uh, it'll show up, you know. So, uh, you know, there's, um, uh, there's a, the image in Buddhism that we use of the lotus flower, you know, it's something that always I keep in mind, uh, especially in situations like that, uh, because we always relate it, of course, with a beautiful flower, you know, this is what we're seeking out, you know, and uh, it's beautiful. And, Many of us are tempted just to kind of, uh, you know, take it and just put it into a vase, you know. Mm. And that's a big mistake. You know. We need definitely the mud below, uh, the one that feeds the roots of uh, that uh, beautiful lotus flower, you know. It is one thing. So, uh, it's important to kind of a really uh, uh, adjust our own idea of friendship beyond the things, uh, you know, we, uh, beyond the good and bad, you know, and really basically is learning to recognize, uh, basically, uh, like again, uh, our own dirt, our own manure has to be really uh, the root of a good friendship and a strong friendship, you know. Anyway, so it's something to keep in mind. And uh, so there, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs>